This episode may contain adult themes and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Sorry. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Film Critic and the Common Man podcast. Other film podcasts might use a white noise machine to sleep. We only sleep to the sound of a metronome. Every episode, we discuss a film from the perspective of a film critic and the perspective of a common man. We may not agree, but it certainly won't be boring. I'm your co-host, Ben Miller. I write about films from my own site, Ice Cream for Freaks, and a member of the North Texas Film Critics Association, as well as the International Film Society Critics. You can hear me guest on other pods as the David Thewlis of podcasting. I'm joined by my brother and the first man it through that door because he loves it so much jake miller how you doing buddy hey i'm doing all right this and, is a, this is a and, uh lot to get hey, into i i would smash that metronome as well <laughs> i mean it's just that that's that's probably the most uh that's one of the most soothing parts of the movie is just like him throwing that metronome across the room just like yes uh, yeah. i mean i don't know why i ever started to begin with but yeah um if uh if you haven't uh guys by what we're talking about today's movie uh it's gonna be a bit of a bummer but there's gonna be a lot to talk about uh it is not from 1995 the film seven directed by david fincher written by andrew kevin walker starring brad pitt morgan freeman gwyneth paltrow and kevin spacey co-starring arlie irmy richard roundtree john c mcginley reggie kathy a lot of a lot of uh uh, single letter names there are Lee, John C, Reggie, whatever. Huh. Something I noticed. Opened on uh, September 22nd, 1995 for a movie that it was such a bummer. This movie made so much money. $100.1 million domestic, 227.2 international, $327 million on a $33 million budget. Um, very Pretty successful. Profit margin. Very, very much so. Um, only nominated for one Oscar, a, uh, a big, uh, a kind of a surprise snub for across the board, uh, one Oscar for film editing, a very, very, uh, good nomination lost to Apollo 13. Um, interesting rotten tomatoes spread 82% critics, a lot lower I than I was expecting. I don't get that. I don't really get it either, but, uh, 95% audience. It is ranked number 17 on IMDb for, uh, the top 250 films all time. So it's very much one of those movies that are like, man, this is, uh, you know, people really love it. I think a lot of it has to do with like, man, it is just such a downer movie. There is, there's not a whole lot of, uh, happiness in it. Uh, no, but I mean, it's a serial killer mill. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah, you know, and like, and it's it, it's it spawned a thousand imitators. Essentially, this oh, is yeah. the, this is Saw, the movie, all the Saw movies. Complete ripoff. Exactly, all, all the all the kind of like variations on it. There's seven did probably more harm for future movies than it did good. Like I love seven. It's one of my top ten movies ever, uh, in personally. But I mean, really, yes, it is. I love it so much. Um, that's nice. why I'm. So, uh, uh, it's but it's such a bummer Jake speaking of a, uh, you know there's a lot of good to get into despite it being a little bit of a downer can you give us a quick plot summary of the film 7 yeah 
So Brad Pitt uh, plays kind of a young hotshot detective, uh, you know, up and coming guy. I mean, he's already kind of um, proven himself, but probably thinks he's hotter shit than he really is. Uh, he's married to, I mean, he's a relatively young guy married to a young wife played by Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, and so he's recently, um, he requested an assignment in a rough part of town, basically. Yeah. Uh, a tough district. He's a homicide detective. Um, and he's paired up with uh, Morgan Freeman uh, for his character. And uh, so basically Morgan Freeman is much more the experienced voice of reason. Yes. The the wise, you know, old guy that's like, slow down, yeah. hang on. Yeah, much more patient, um, yes. Yeah, and uh, Brad Pitt's character is all gung-ho, let's go beat the streets, let's yeah, yeah. all that. And Morgan Freeman's like, nah, we need to slow down, investigate, yeah. read this, read that. Well, anyways, uh, so they're starting together for a serial killer, basically uh, a series of killings. Yes. Uh, in in their area, uh, committed by a guy with obviously like a biblical motive. Um, I mean, there's also references to Canterbury Tales and Dante's Inferno. Mm -hmm. Divine um, comedy, a uh, lot, lot yeah. of, lot of literature references in this film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, this uh, serial killer is killing someone that is the epitome of each deadly sin. Yep. Basically, so there's pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, sloth. So, uh, for instance. Uh, Gluttony. There's a an obese person, and he basically forces them to eat theirself to death. Basically, mm -hmm. um, you know, like pride. Uh, I think what it was a model. Yeah, it was and, a it was a model had a picture of herself over her bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he super glued. Uh, like prescription pills yeah, in yeah. one and then a phone in the other and then disfigured her face terribly and so basically she had to choose between you know she can take the pills in her own life or mm -hmm. she can call for help and save yeah. her life yeah and as opposed to being permanently disfigured she yeah ends her own life yeah um and so uh they they go through a series of these murders uh they're all motivated off the seven deadly sins thus obviously the title yes uh and so kevin spacey plays uh the serial killer name, just named john doe never given any more information than that no and luckily the good thing about kevin spacey is he <laughs> never he's never done anything actually 
was a, he's I'll never you, done anything actually wrong. I'll tell you I'll tell you what 20 plus years after the movie you're like boy he really fit this thing like a glove huh like <laughs> you know you know what I actually thought of was yeah. whenever we covered uh the departed oh yeah and I uh I said something about Mark Wahlberg playing a asshole asshole yeah. for him yeah. South Boston. I was yeah. like, that's not an act. That's yeah, yeah, what he so, is. Yeah. And so a uh, uh, creepy weirdo, <laughs> Turns he out nails he it. Nails it, yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> um, but he doesn't show up. Like Kevin Spacey first shows up, I think, an hour and a half into the movie. Um, 30 he minutes really ago is the first time he shows up, yeah. Yeah, he's a main character, and yeah. he's obviously the antagonist throughout mm-hmm. it. But yeah, he has a late appearance and a limited appearance. Yes. Um. So that, uh, well, basically, uh, the way the movie goes is there's this constant conflict between Brad Pitt wanting to be a gung ho hero, um, and Morgan Freeman being the experienced detective. They're looking into these serial killings, um, and ends up Kevin Spacey playing John Doe, the serial killer, ends up making Brad Pitt play a part Yep. by actually murdering his wife, uh, who's pregnant, Yep. unknown to him at the time, but murders his yeah. wife, decapitates her, and then puts it in a box and has it delivered to him uh, in the final scene in which he's confessing everything to Brad Pitt and he tells Brad Pitt uh, that the last two deadly sins are basically he envies Brad Pitt and his life, his relationship to his wife. So he says, that's my sin and the final sin is revealed with wrath. Please shoot me. (laughs) Brad Pitt caps him. Effectively ends, I mean, factually ends Kevin Spacey's character's life. Yep. And then effectively ends his own. own, You know, whether he's in a mental hospital or is convicted or something. His career's over. His life as he knows it is over. Yeah. Um, And Morgan Freeman does a good job of like I said, being that voice of wisdom and reason, um, mm-hmm. and in this movie, like he's a week away from yeah. retirement. Basically, at the end of the movie, he's like, "Am I going to retire? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not." Uh, yeah, there's. I mean, there's so much to get into. Um, specifically, um, you know, as as bleak as this film is, there's a lot of the the best part about it is probably the relationship between Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, the kind of, they don't necessarily like, okay, we're in love with each other or anything like that. We're best buddies. That, that relationship never really gets to that point. It's more of a, okay, we're, we're in no way the same. Let's compliment each other in this relationship. Old versus new. Yeah. Old versus new. Um, Old school and new school. So it's, uh, we uh, we discussed this during our departed episode. It is uh, it has been established. You were once a police officer. Um, I was. There is a lot about this movie 
when how it relates to cops in a lot of different facets. Um, specifically, the relationships like between detectives and beat cops, patrolmen and SWAT guys, and just kind of the different attitudes between that. Was that really, do you see a lot of that? Like a lot of that was like, man, these they're almost like, they're not even the same kind of cops almost. Uh, I, I mean, yes, there are stark differences, um, yeah. you know, that exist, but I mean, in, in my experience and, and I can only speak to, you know, my experience yeah, with the agency yeah. that I worked for, mm -hmm. but, uh, I mean, it wasn't that contentious. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, so I was a patrol officer for 10 years, mm -hmm. uh, during that time, I was also an alternate for the crime scene investigation unit. So um, I did that as well. And then I was a detective in the sex crimes unit for three years. Uh, so, I mean, during that time, I've seen the different levels going from beat cop to presenting this to a district yeah. attorney, yeah. getting warrants signed. Mm -hmm. by judges uh so and something uh you know like i said it, it at least in my experience there was never that much contention between yeah. detectives and patrol or swat and detectives okay the best way i can sum it up is there's whenever you've got a shit sandwich yeah you go take your bite but <laughs> you bring a lot of friends yeah. to help you eat this shit sandwich <laughs> and so put it. yeah yeah so basically patrol takes their bite they're mm -hmm. usually the the first responders the mm -hmm. ones that you know get the call and detectives go have to take their bite and you know if you have a situation where you got to you know, you have an arrest warrant or a search warrant that yeah. needs to be executed. You have a, a, a tactical situation you have to deal with. Call in SWAT. Time for y'all to take a bite out of this, this shit sandwich. <laughs> and then, uh, then basically the detective uh, eats up the last bits. Yeah, that makes, I mean. Presents a case or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a, this feels very true as far as like the, kind of minutia of how you have to build a case. It's not as simple as we caught the guy and that's that. Um, Morgan Freeman has a speech specifically, he's sitting next to Brad Pitt and they're waiting for fingerprints. And he says, you know, that we, we just get mountains and mountains of evidence. Even the most promising clues generally just lead to other clues on the off chance they might ever be used in court. Uh, yeah. And it's just, um, and a lot of, and Brad Pitt's all antsy because he's like, why aren't we out there doing stuff? Is he's out, was like, this is the job. This is what you do. You kind of have to wait around a lot. Um, yep. And yep. and there there's a lot of that. And even right at the beginning when they first meet, they meet at the gluttony murder scene. Um, Brad Pitt, kind of, the, the style is not working with what Freeman is expecting. So <laughs> Freeman's like, hey, why don't you go outside and, you know, canvas the neighbors and all this kind of stuff. And then right. later, Brad Pitt goes, no, 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 I'm a detective now. I'm past that point. I put in my time and done that. Like, I don't, it's, it, now, I don't know yeah. how, is that, is that kind of where you stop? You're like, no, nah, everybody kind of has to always put their part. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's maybe more of a personal thing. It's sure, like, sure. Uh, you know, Egos. yeah, you, yeah, uh, I mean, there was, you know, I never felt like, well, that's below me and yeah, yeah. Make, make patrol do it or yeah, yeah, I know what you this mean. or that. But at the same time, there is a hierarchy. Sure, uh, sure. There, you know, where the grunt work generally gets done by the grunts. That and, makes sense. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, like I said, everyone needs to take their bite out take of the bite. shit sandwich. Yeah. And so it's just when, when do I need to take my bites and where do I need a bite? Yeah, it's, it's all, it's going to taste bad. It doesn't matter yeah. where it is. It's it's that's that's it's such a such a great analogy for how the embrace the suck. Yes, it's just it's gonna be bad. Figure it out. Um, yeah. The uh, so I want to talk about Morgan Freeman for a second because um, going into this movie, you're like, man, you know, Morgan Freeman, like he's he was definitely one of those late starters as far as actors are concerned. Um, his first film. Uh, his first film credit was in a movie called The Pawn Broker from 1964. Uh, a notable movie, the first movie to ever feature uh, breasts um, in film. Yummy. Uh, 1964. Um, but he didn't really break through with any sort of uh, um, acclaim until 1987. He got an Oscar nomination for playing a pimp uh, in a movie called Street Smart, starring him and Christopher Reeve. Um, it's a really interesting movie. Uh, got an Oscar nomination for that. But I want to talk about this run specifically. That was a paralyzing performance. <laughs> uh, Sorry. No, no. You walked right into it. I walked into it. I mean, I I hang the curveball. You hit it out. I get it. It makes sense. Um, no, the run. Kevin Spacey's a pervert. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. hold, on, hold on on your controversy. Um, okay. So, so. I don't want to address any elephants. <laughs> So this is the run that Mar that Morgan Freeman went on from 1989 to uh, 1998. In 1989, he go he has three uh, three movies: Lean on Me, where he's the principal of a inner city uh, inner city uh, school, uh, probably his star making role. Um, and then he was in Driving Miss Daisy and Glory, all in the same year. Uh, got an Oscar nomination for Driving Miss Daisy. He's better in Glory. Glory's phenomenal. If you haven't yeah. seen it, um, yeah, no, I have. Yeah, great times. movie. Yeah. Uh, the next year, uh, Ken Burns made a documentary about the Civil War. He voiced Frederick Douglass, beginning his long voiceover career. 1991, a uh, a um, America Plus favorite, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Fuck yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> it's a another terrible movie that I watch a lot. Hey, it's the cheeseburger at the <laughs> fair, my cheeseburger man. Cheeseburger at the fair, I agree. It's a cheeseburger movie if there ever was one. In 1992, uh, began his long and fruitful career with uh, Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven uh, as Ned Logan. Uh, one of my favorite performances that never gets any acclaim from him. Um, he directed his first ever movie in 1993, a movie called Bofa that was, I've never heard of, uh, starred Danny Glover, it was a box office bomb, um, but was fairly critically acclaimed. 1994, Shawshank Redemption, obviously. I've never heard of it. <laughs> uh, 1995, uh, unfortunately, the second most watched movie of the pandemic, Outbreak. Yeah. 
Uh, another Kevin Spacey joint, by the way. Uh, also the same year, seven. And then um, kind of fell backwards a little bit in 1996, had a box office uh, bomb with him and Keanu Reeves called Chain Reaction. Followed that up with 1997 with Amistad and Kiss the Girls. And then in 1998, played the president in Deep Impact. From, that's a that's a lot of, that's a lot, that's a lot of, of work. That's a lot of work and it's a lot of big stuff. Um, I'm I'm shocked that something with Keanu Reeves didn't. <laughs> so how's that? How did that not work? Well, it's uh, you know I've 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 read some uh, Chain Reaction is one of those movies that for some reason I I've, I've read way too much behind the scenes stuff and it was it was a disaster ready to happen and Keanu Reeves and Morgan Freeman were essentially signed on they're like this is gonna suck but oh well let's keep going with it um, get paid. Get, get, get paid and uh uh these days I, I wonder if he has financial issues because he does four movies a year almost like clockwork at this point um it, it might just be the small things but he's in a lot of stuff these days um he must have child support or something well whatever it is but um anyway so i mean that run is one of those things and it's 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 not necessarily like you don't think of him as like a movie star necessarily, but I mean, I think his I think this is his best performance. I think in seven he's better than he is in Shawshank Redemption. As much as I love him in Shawshank Redemption, I think there's more complexity to it in this one, and it doesn't work without what he brings. Yeah, I think I think he has to stand in contrast to. Uh, Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, his character in Shawshank, he, he does the same thing, but <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, it is a much more complex role. Yeah. Guess, and, but... and so, and I was reading a little bit about this just kind of in prep. I was like, oh, you know, uh, what do I, I, I was looking, I saw the 82% on critics and I'm like, Who's who's not who's not on board with this? Yeah, and a I didn't lot get of that. a lot of people are don't think Brad Pitt's good in this movie. I think he's perfect for what the movie needs. Like um, he's really cocky, twitchy. young, good looking, yeah, high energy, yeah, and yeah. and even even and I was thinking about it, the more if if you go through the movie and Morgan Freeman's character is so good as a detective it makes Brad Pitt looks that much worse. But the only time, yeah. but the one time you're like, okay, he's in his element is whenever he's chasing after Doe. And he is, he is gung-ho Superman. He is jumping across cars. This is what he signed up for. He yeah. is, he is chasing after the guy. He's going to stop them and he's going to put it into this. It's action, yeah. action, action, as opposed to the, the necessary boring ruling banality yeah. of detective work yeah um, okay yeah you got to write your report you need to read this you need to research yeah, yeah. the office work yeah yeah is a, yeah yeah and and you know that's ha half the time we see Fre morgan freeman before these murders start he's in his office writing stuff i can't imagine and this is you know pre pre 2000 so it's all by hand it's all paper or a little bit of typewriting typewriter I mean, you 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 have talked about it all the time. Half of police work is the minutiae of writing reports. Yeah, paperwork is so 
big of a part. I mean, just documentation and covering your ass and, you know, proving what you did or didn't do or mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, uh, during my time in detectives, uh, especially during winter specifically, I remember there's there was times where, you know, you have days where you're out beating the streets, knocking on yeah. doors, mm -hmm. interviewing people, all that. And then it would be followed by days of sitting in front of a computer screen and typing. Yeah. And specifically, I mentioned winter because I remember there were times where I'd get to work whenever it was dark. Our office had no windows. We were in the middle of a big concrete building. Yeah. And I spent all day in front of a computer typing. And by the time I left in the evening, it was dark again. You just never saw daylight. Yeah. I never saw daylight. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's grueling work, really. Sure. I mean, the sexiness or the glamour yeah. or that, that shine wears off real real fucking quick yeah I guarantee yeah that. i mean you get and and kind of the way this movie is kind of set up it's almost the exact same thing it's it's you have that one chase besides that there's no real action action in the movie uh it's all it's all following leads going to libraries finding all this kind of stuff and the work and and that's why morgan freeman is such a good cop in this movie is because he has the patience to put in all that time um do you have big Gwyneth Paltrow feelings as an actress? Um, I like her vagina <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I didn't even have to bring it up. I love How it. How do I not address it? <laughs> it's a, um, it's a thing. She is, de is definitely a person who feels like her persona has outweighed her actual reality of life. Um, I don't know if she actually is that person that unaware of things that are going on in the world, but I mean, or is it a something like, Some flies are <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, so this, this movie specifically, like she's very timid. She's very sweet. She's very like, yeah, like no judgment, no, uh, doesn't want to upset Brad Pitt's character. Very, um, on this uh, on the sidelines nothing nothing to disturb how hard he's working uh right and yeah it's, yeah and uh it's a supporting uh, person i mean relatively small role but also an integral, integral yes yes role. yes um and you can kind of feel mm. the uh chemistry between the uh the two between paltrow and uh pitt for good reason they were dating at the time um, so, uh, I, I mean, it makes sense, but I mean, without her there, obviously the it's, she's more of a mechanism, but she's a sweet mechanism. And that scene with her and Freeman talking about her being pregnant is one of the better yeah. scenes in the film, uh, in a, in a film filled with great scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something, um, that really connected with me. I mean, um, after a 13 year law enforcement career, um, most of which my wife was with me for. Yeah. Um, dude, I can't tell you how, how bad it sucks. Uh, you know, get called out in the middle of the night. Sure. Um, and you know, what, what a spouse or a 
a supporting family member has to go through mm-hmm. and sacrifice themselves. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it sucks, but it's flies in here. It's okay. But, uh, but I mean, how much they have to put up with. I mean, yeah. I remember there was one time I got called out and my wife was making a meatloaf dinner mashed potatoes, everything. This is gonna be a great dinner for you. And as soon as it's done, ring, ring. And I said, I gotta go. And that was it. And I think she was pregnant at the time. (laughs) Yeah, she broke down in tears. And I mean, I don't know how many nights of, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning, it's three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Whenever it's bad weather, it's good weather. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, because it's it's the type of job that you can't. I mean, you can't say. For instance, whenever I was a detective, I was on pre-scheduled vacation mm-hmm. uh, around Christmas time, between Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. Um, pre-scheduled, approved. Um, and I'm off and I get a call and basically it was, Hey, vacation over. Yeah. You need to go extradite this guy, bring him back and, uh, interrogate him and go to work. Yeah. And you can't say, Oh, well, actually I'm tired. Or, <laughs> I have vacation scheduled yeah. or anything. They're like, uh, no, there's a serial rapist you need and, to go get. And it's not, so, like, it's not like they called you. It's not like they called you first. It's, it's like they went, they probably went through the channels of like, okay, this is, this guy's the person you call. He's doing something else. He's doing something else. And it's actually at one point at the beginning of the film, whenever the gluttony, like Freeman recognizes, like, I can't, this can't be my last case. He's like, give it to somebody else. And he's like, don't have anybody else to give this to i can't just it's not how it's not you don't pick and choose this is what you have this is what you do so okay yeah <laughs> it that is exactly you know that that specific uh part reminded me of whenever i first promoted and got assigned to detectives in this sex crime unit uh is a it's a tough gig sure let me just put it that way i agree but uh whenever i uh i showed up for my assignment first day in detectives and uh my lieutenant my boss over that unit says well you're assigned to this unit so you got that going for you (laughs) and it was it was completely facetious he was basically like well I know you don't. You want landed this. a shit spot, so there you go. Here's your bite. It's gonna good be luck. Like, your 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 bite of the sandwich is going to be much bigger than everybody else's. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. And he is like, you're gonna have to fucking deal with it. Um, so, so uh, of the seven, of the seven murders in this film, um, I, I, I'm I'm obviously not saying it's cool, but you know what I mean. By it, they're pretty, they kind of like you said you, you compared them to Saw, they have a mm-hmm. certain flair to them. Is there one that stands out? Sort of justice, I suppose. Not even justice. I mean, but like whenever you watch the film and you're like, okay, that's like the Pride one for me is the one yeah. where 
the pride kill of yeah, like, that is the one more. that I don't even feel bad. Like, right. like, yes, you don't want to cut a woman's <laughs> face off and all that kind of stuff. And the, the it's it's almost impressive at this point. And Morgan Freeman mentions that whenever they're talking about the gluttony victim. And it's like, there are two receipts. That means he was feeding them, went back to the store and got more food. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's almost, man, that's a lot of, that's a lot of effort to get it in there. Um, speaking of some of those, the, the, some of one of my hallmarks of an exceptional movie is how much I like the small little performances around the outskirts. And there's a lot of that. Uh, our man, Ar- Arlie Ermey, uh, former uh, Gunny himself, uh, as the uh, as the police chief, has one of my favorite laughs of the movie, where he's out in the pit and phone rings and he says, this isn't even my desk, and slams it down. And uh, Richard Roundtree, Shaft, as uh, I think he's the district attorney, or um, I, I, he's, he's, he's in the room whenever they have John Doe. He's, it's, it's, uh, uh, I really like him. He's not in the movie much. John C. McGinley from Scrubs, Dr. Cox from Scrubs as, yes. Cal- as California. Uh, he's the, uh, yeah, SWAT commander. SWAT guy, yeah. California, stay away from here. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, a couple others I wanted to point out specifically my man, Leland Orser, who I will always remember specifically for this movie and Saving Private Ryan. He's, he's in the two movies and has the same scene. Wait, wait, wait. Yep, yep, go ahead. He's the glider pilot in Saving yes. Private Ryan. Yes, the FUBAR guy, yep, that's him. Yep. Yes, yes, and essentially, like, that's what Leland Orser does. He pops up in movies for five minutes, you're like, that scene, and that guy was great. And I've does never seen- Does a great seen, job. Does a great job and you never see him again. <laughs> Um, and this one, man, he's, uh, he potentially, he, he purposely hyperventilated himself and was, <laughs> yeah, the, the gun was in my throat, man. It's so like, so like intense. Very convincing. Very it, convincing. It looks, yeah. It looks like a panic attack. And I really like that scene in general, especially how it's framed, how Morgan Freeman is talking to Leland Orser and the much more reserved guy talking to a guy who does not need to be high strung and on the flip side brad pitt also being very calm very very uh very understanding of things talking to uh michael c who is the guy uh he he runs the lust parlor and he's like uh he's like you don't see anything it's like guys have whole packages coming in there it's like the the two kind of the dichotomy between the two and at the end they're like well we're no closer on this thing. Like this sucks. And um, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. In all your interrogations, the film. This is probably a more realistic aspect of interrogation as opposed to the. You admit it. You did it. Turn the lights on and stuff like that. It's much more of a conversation than it is anything else. Correct. For the most part, but I mean, well, I mean. I would say it's much more Morgan Freeman's character yeah. uh, than Brad Pitt's as far as trying to go in. I mean, I guess a good way to put it is the good cop, bad cop thing. Mm, mm. That's a good way. That yeah. You you catch more uh, flies with honey, you sure, know? And sure. so, so really like the bad cop thing doesn't really work in the modern era that makes sense and so you have to learn how to just talk to people even mm. if they're despicable sure and every ounce of you 
just Inside, does not want to be in that room. Just wants, wants to, to yeah. strangle them. Yeah, yeah. I know. I get you know. It. Yeah. But you got to act like their best friend. Yeah. And you get there. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you don't. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um. So, okay. So, I, a lot of the. I was, I've been reading a lot about this movie, and the thing about it is, the thing that blows me away is there are dozens and dozens of people who are like, hey, what was in the box at the end of the movie? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, it's like, you gotta figure it out. It's like, it took years for them to figure out what was in the box. I'm like, pretty obvious what was in the box at the end of the movie. Um, That's a old GP head. The actual gigantic mystery of this movie where does this city exist what city is i don't this? know because it is not a clue it is it is a large place constantly raining filled with crime an hour from the desert and mes and mountains it makes no sense like logistically like because you're like oh it's new york it's new york and then all of a sudden at the end of the movie they're in the desert and you're like well that's not it uh but it's not really california like Albuquerque, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a. Uh, I, I have a feeling Albuquerque. Well, uh, the the SWAT SWAT teams, uh, helicopters, and uh, Albuquerque, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I like <laughs> I like how subtle their surveillance is. It's a big black helicopter, with <laughs> white police, and they're like hovering low, and they're like, okay, we've got them. It's like, I'm like subtle. So, yeah, it's 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 a it's a cool device as far as to keep you i keep an idea of setting but i agree as far as actual like oh it's just like oh you're supposed to be alone and absolutely alone nobody else there except that all oh, that helicopter what a coincidence <laughs> it's like ah oh, they try traffic traffic you know what are you gonna do like, like, i don't know who that is <laughs> okay um i want to get into uh i'll go ahead and start with this week's uh poll for a dumbass um, every week I talk to Jake about a filmography of a director or an actor or sometimes a film year. And he just kind of goes through and tells me whether he's seen it or not and how prevalent it is to the common man. For this week, we are doing uh, one of my favorite film directors, the director of this movie, Mr. David Fincher. David Fincher has not done a whole lot of movies, but when he does one, it is always something. Uh, it's always something memorable. Uh, for one reason or another, he made his film day. Uh, so uh, he made a lot of uh, he did a lot of music videos. He made his hay as music video directors, uh, specifically uh, Madonna's Vogue video director of that uh, did a lot of stuff with Madonna. And in, in, in essentially, that's kind of what made him. Please well, tell me he did that. Rick, uh, what's that called? Never Rick Astley, never going to give yeah. you up. Um, Please I, tell me he did that. I, I don't think he did. He has a little higher mind than that. I don't. I'd like to Shit. think. So he did. Uh, let's see. Um, he did some Rick. Rick uh, we don't have to take our clothes off by Jermaine Stewart. He wrote that video. Uh, um, did some Eddie Money, uh, Lover Boy, uh, a lot funny, of yeah. uh, a lot of uh, as a couple Sting stuff. Um, How about so, that uh, White Snake video? <laughs> uh straight up by paula abdul oh. uh did did that oh video, yeah did that video uh, a lot of paula abdul express yourself by madonna um some don henley uh janie's got a gun by aerosmith um oh, that's a good one the freedom uh freedom by george michael um and then uh 
as he went on, he still does. He still occasionally will throw other stuff in there. Um, did the wallflowers, nine inch nails, stuff like that. Um, so his actual film debut was in Alien. Let me, go let ahead. me interrupt you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just fun fact. Yes. Uh, the bass player for nine inch nails actually lived two doors down from us whenever we lived overseas. Really? So, yep. How did, how did we not know that? How did I not remember this? Um, I, I knew it. <laughs> Nine Inch Nails plays a big part in this movie, actually, because, um, well, there's a, there's a couple things. One is that the opening scene is to a remix of the song Closer by uh, by Nine Inch Nails. Um, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's remixed and uh, the, brought the director from that video in to consult in the opening scene. And then uh, in his later movies, David Fincher actually got Trent Reznor, the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails, to do the do the music for a lot of his movies. So Nine Inch Nails plays a big part in a lot of this movie. Um, yeah, so, look up the bass player. There, his his parents were his like parents two, just three doors down. I can never remember yes. these things for some reason. Um, but David uh, David Fincher made his debut uh, in 1992, the third film in the Alien franchise called Alien Three. It's creative. Uh, yes. Uh, so Alien 3, that's, that was the one with bald Sigourney Weaver. Do you, okay. Do you remember yeah. that? Do you remember it? I don't know if it's, it's, it's not a very good movie. Um, like the, it's, the thing with Alien is kind of one of those, uh, movies that I, I, I get them mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember which one was, was that one, two, Yeah, three. and, and I kind of do the same thing. It's like, okay, well, the first one is the old one with the, with John Hurt and he's, the, the burst out of his chest. The second one is the action movie with all the Marines. Third one, Sigourney Weaver's bald. Fourth one, we don't need to talk about because it's not very good. Leland Orser in uh, Alien Resurrection, by the way. Um, really? Yeah. So he made his debut in Alien, with Alien 3. It was a disaster. It did not make good money. Um, he hated the experience. He wanted to quit, and then he got sent the uh, uh, then got script, sent the script for seven, and it kept him going. So Alien Three, and then Seven, 1997's The Game with Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas is a executive, and his brother Sean Penn gives him a game for his birthday, and it essentially seems like it's ruining his life and destroying everything about him. Uh, it's a really interesting movie. If you ever get the chance, it's, uh, it's not bad. I got, I got nothing. And then about 1999's Fight Club. Yeah. 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 So it's that's a solid flick. Solid flick. Um, it's weird, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, it, it's, it's grown into a thing where, uh, a lot of people who shouldn't be liking it, like it a little too much. Um, 2002 Panic Room. A movie I remember watching with you, I believe. Yeah, I've seen it, but... Dwight Yoakam as the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All how right. About, how, about 2000, okay. how about 2007 cop film extraordinaire Zodiac? Oh, exceptional movie. Uh, Is it? Traces, it's a three-hour opus, essentially, tracing all the investigation of and all the chaos from the Zodiac, Zodiac crimes. It's really, really good. Uh, it's uh, every character actor in the world, Jake Gyllenhaal, Robert Downey Jr., 
Mark Ruffalo, Anthony Edwards, bunch of people in it. Uh, really exceptional. I don't know if it's his best. I think yeah, Seven's his best movie. That. But um, how about 2008's Curious Case of Benjamin Button? I I know the premise of it, uh, <laughs> but I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's probably his most. He makes some really dark, out there stuff. Uh, it's probably the lightest one he makes. Um, how about 2010's The Social Network? No. You've never seen The Social Network? About the making of Facebook? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Zuckerberg? Yes, deal. the Zuckerberg yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Where he's yeah. in college. He yes, made. yes. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's, it's exceptional. And it's, it's almost like Zodiac. It's, it's just like, well, what are we going to track... We're going to track the history of Facebook for the first couple of years and out of the reality of that and made made uh, made Andrew Garfield a star. Had that shining moment where uh, Army Hammer was going to be a star until another guy who went kind of sideways. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about the girl with the dragon tattoo? Uh, never seen. That is a super dark movie. Um, really cool if you like Scandinavia. Um, it's it's set in Sweden the whole time. Really well done. Uh, a little bit of a dark. Uh, speaking of dark, how about Gone Girl? Yes. Yes. Uh, the uh, I think uh, Jessica Chastain said it was one of her favorite romantic comedies. Um, <laughs> and then uh, then in, in 2020, uh, his most recent film Mank about Joseph Mankiewicz, the guy who wrote uh, Citizen Kane. It's on Netflix. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, stars Gary Oldman. Um, that really surprised me. I thought you. I thought uh, I. I was really expecting uh, you would be more in line with his kind of films. So Seven, Fight Club, Panic Room, Social Network, and Gone Girl. Like uh, he does. He doesn't really made like a small independent thing. All his movies are very kind of pretty a mainstream. Big, pretty mainstream. His next movie is called The Killer with Michael Fassbender. It's based on a comic. It's coming out next year. So uh, that's surprising. I'm surprised with it uh, that um, you didn't have the uh, David Fincher knowledge that I thought. All right, buddy, you got anything for me today? Well, Ben. Yes. You're in the hot box. I'm in the hot box. The hot box is a weekly thing where Jake, instead of me kind of steering the conversation, Jake puts me into the interrogation room also known as the hot box and starts peppering me with questions jake yeah whenever you're ready all right well we're yeah exactly whenever i'm ready you're in the hot <laughs> box dude who do you think's running the show here i'm trying to steer the conversation no no i know i know well okay. all you buddy <laughs> don't you get an attitude <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, normally um, I do more of an interrogation of Ben. Okay. Um, but this week I thought I'd mix it up uh, and do more of a trivia Ooh, I like uh, it. type of type of situation. I like so, it. I'm, I'm on board. Uh, with this. Yeah. So I was a uh, criminal justice major in college, and obviously I was a cop, mm-hmm. and. Um, so this week we're gonna do a serial killer trivia. Ooh, I'm a, I'm on board with this. So well it doesn't matter, you're in the hot <laughs> box. You're not in control. It's true, it's very true. You're not free to leave. 
I know. Right now. I, I, I'm, okay. You're I'm, free to leave when I tell you you're free to leave. I, I, y yes, sir. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So the way this is going to work, the way this is going to work, uh, I am going to lay out uh, several facts about the serial killer in question. Okay. Obviously, this film deals with the serial killer, cops, the investigation, all mm -hmm. that. Okay, so I'm going to lay out uh, several facts about the serial killer or their their cases, their victims, okay. Okay. whatever circum circumstances surround okay. that. And then you name the serial killer. Okay, I like this. Uh, as soon as you can. Okay. Okay, so I'm basically ready. buzz in and say, I got it. Gotcha. Uh, okay, and I'll, I'll give you a hint. These are all American serial killers okay within the last 50 60 years okay okay so it's not like okay. not modern like, not like ancient guys who, who poisoned everybody with arsenic okay i got you gotcha okay okay number one this individual uh nickname was milwaukee monster victims include 17 men or boys Okay. Uh, his crime streak ran from 1978 until 1991. Okay. Is, and is that Jeffrey worked, Dahmer? That is. Okay. I, I, yep. I, I Jeffrey only, Dahmer. I only remember Jeffrey Dahmer mostly because he was around when we were around. Like as yeah. kids, we like the trial was on. Like yeah, yeah. So I remember, you know, yeah. All uh, it was. It was Cannibalistic, cannibalistic, and, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, killed in prison. I remember him being killed in prison when we were kids, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was beaten to death by his uh, cellmate. Yep. In prison. He, uh, said it, he said he smiled weird, Adam. He said he said there was there's a level of evil in his smile that he didn't like, and he beat the hell out of him until he died. Yeah. <laughs> Fun little fact: he worked at a candy factory in Milwaukee. Oh, oh, how lovely. Um, yeah. He yeah. also drilled holes in his victims' skulls and uh, put at, acid in there and tried to make them at, into at one point, one of his victims uh, escaped, mm -hmm. ran to police officers on the sidewalk, and yep. he chased after him. And the and the the I believe he had acid in his ear, so he was kind of messed up. And yeah. the police officers are like, "Oh, Mr. Dahmer, is is he with you?" He goes, "Yep." It's like, "Okay, see ya." Yeah, it's my boyfriend. He's having a rough night. I'll Pretty take him much. home. Yep. Okie dokie. And he killed him. Yep. He did. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Yes. All right. This individual uh, had a pretty short uh, crime spree mm. span. Okay. Uh, it's eighty-nine to ninety. Okay. Florida. Okay. Uh, this individual is sentenced to death for six of seven confirmed murders. Eileen Warnos. Yep. Yes. Oscar winner. You can't. You can't be. Sorry, sorry. Internet searching. Are no, you? I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I, 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 I want the integrity of this game to be maintained. No. Uh, it's. It's an Oscar winner, man. It's hard for me not to know Ivan yeah. Warnos. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost unfair how ugly they made Charlize Theron in that movie. Almost. It is. I mean, she is. That was 
it's it's the biggest tragedy but also like you're like well done yes right exactly exactly you're like you can make that chick ugly i mean that's a feat (laughs) i agree i agree absolutely eileen warnos man not a um not exactly a fun life from that woman no no uh Yeah, only claimed to kill in self-defense. Yeah, yeah. six times. She had a rough go of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But But no excuse. No excuses, that's right. All right, Uh, number three. Okay. Um, This individual, New York City area, 1976. So I'll set the scene. Um, Believed... His neighbor's dog was communicating with him. Yep, yep. Uh, 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 it's it, I, I, I know. He it's, was. It's, it's the son of Sam. I just don't know. Hold on. Yep. Keep. It's not Neil. He was. He was caught uh, by police after just from a simple parking violation at a uh, fire hydrant. That's um, how he got caught. Horowitz. Uh, 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 uh man. I'm not got the wits right. Wits. I know. I knew it was a wits something. It's a uh, uh, Berkowitz. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, First Larry? name. Larry. No. <laughs> Larry Berkowitz. It sounds right. No. Um, well, I, I, well, David Berkowitz. David yeah, Berkowitz. Son of Sam. Mostly, mostly the reason you know, we watch enough Seinfeld that uh, Berkowitz. I had to think in my head. I knew it wasn't Berkowitz. Like. Uh, there's right. there you know van vans uh knocking rocking don't come a knocking that episode of seinfeld <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah yeah but uh yeah um uh they made spike lee made a almost a zodiac like movie about the sun is it's called summer of sam mostly about mm. the atmosphere not necessarily the killings themselves mm-hmm. but uh uh yeah so uh yeah berkowitz yeah, yeah. he had a reign of terror yeah. uh how, how I, many kill uh, not many his numbers aren't, aren't. I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think yeah, he had huge numbers. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he held the city and hostage, and it, yeah, yeah, and blackouts and heat waves. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. His uh, actually, his neighbor was named Sam. Oh, really? His dog was uh, a black Labrador Retriever named Harvey. Sure, sure. I mean, how'd I mean, you like to own that dog? Well, there's a son, there's a son of Sam reference in this movie. At one point, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt says like, uh, you know, my dog made me do it, and Jodie Foster made me do it, or yeah. So I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> those yeah. those kind of references, yeah. All right, uh, next one. Twenty confirmed victims. Ooh, okay. Confessed to thirty. Okay. They think probably over thirty-six. Okay. Uh, the crime spree, uh, assaults and murders, uh, span one, two, three, four, five, six, seven states in the okay. United States. Uh, California, Colorado, Florida, Idaho, Oregon, Utah, and Washington. Okay, this is. Um... He was executed. Well, I just said he. No, no, it's 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 it's. He it's... was executed in '89. It's it's. Oh, I'm blanking. It's Zach Efron. Yep. But it's. Uh, it, I just uh, watched that movie last it, night. Uh, 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 
It, it's it's a um, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Vile. Yes, that's what the that's what the uh, one of the prosecutors it's, said it's about good. it. It's good. I've heard. No, it was the judge. Oh, uh, the yeah. judge. Judge. Said, uh, oh my goodness. Played by John Malkovich. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Um, have you uh, not seen it? I haven't actually. It's on Netflix. I know I can. It's uh, great. We watched it last night while I was trying to research this. Oh man. Um, Come on, give it to me. Just say the first name. Uh, his real first name is Theodore. Okay, so that's Ted. Teddy. What am I? What am I going? What am I going wrong here? Ted. Think of Ted Bundy. Uh, Ted Bundy. Yeah, oh. I was fixing to say. Think of married with children. <laughs> yes, Ted Bundy. I almost said Ted Kaczynski. It was like, uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, different. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, that's Ted Bundy. He, uh, uh, he uh, focused on uh, young girls, right? Uh, I think his youngest victim was 12, and uh, I, uh he, he yeah, was, females kept escaping, uh, kept escaping from prison, yep, and yeah. then represented himself in his final yes. trial. Yes. Uh, yes. he was a law student, yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, and actually, there's references to him in *Silence of the Lambs*, yep. where uh, he wears a cast mm, and acts right. like he's having trouble getting in something in his car, and, and then there's women to help him, and then that makes wow. sense. Makes sense. So, don't help disabled people. <laughs> Brought to you by this podcast. That's right. Oh wait. <laughs> All right. I'm disappointed in myself for not knowing Ted Bundy, but go ahead. You got there. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, yeah. It's okay then. Yeah. Uh, okay. This one, 10 confirmed victims. Okay. Uh, ranging across decades. Okay. Um, the crimes were committed in Wichita, Kansas and Park City, Kansas. Hmm. Oh, uh, this, okay. Um, this person was the president of church council mm -hmm. and a cub scout leader yep victims include two males eight females ranging from nine years old to 62 years old yeah um this sen is sen sentenced to 175 years this is this man is the kansas city something i don't actually know the name it's uh i'm not sure i know the name even if i would have told if you uh, it's, I, I don't think it's one of the, like, the, like obviously, 10, 10 people is plenty and kind of puts you in the pantheon, but it's not one of those, like, oh, a serial killer name. Like, uh, who is it? Uh, well, in, um, in letters he left for the police, he would uh, describe himself by what he would do to his victims, which is bind, torture, kill. Oh, okay. Um, the, the, B, uh, the, the BTK killer. Yes, yes the, who was Dennis L. Raider. Dennis Raider. L. Raider. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, the I'm not sure if you've seen the series Mind Hunter. Mind. Mind. Mind, Mind Hunter. Uh, hmm. it, it's about uh, it's about the formation of the uh, criminal psychology division of the FBI, uh, directed hmm. by David Fincher, um, <laughs> the director of this movie. And it's uh, based on the true accounts of them interviewing serial killers, and uh, specifically uh, Wayne Kemper and um, 
the various other people like that. They, they talk criminal profiling. Criminal profiling. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. Sol solid series. I think it's on Netflix. All right. I only got one last question. For I'm you. ready. I'm ready. All right. I tried to identify your sin from the seven deadly sins. Okay. <laughs> I, I couldn't pick one out. <laughs> well, so I'll that. ask you. I appreciate that. Use some introspection. What do you think your sin is out of the seven? Um, or the one you're most prone to or the most prone susceptible to? to? Um, probably... Like as, as, even even being as I, I always want to say sloth just because I'm like it's like I want to be lazy I'd prefer to be lazy but it's not it's like that's not actually the case of what I am I'm super right. duper busy for some goof, goofy reason um, no uh, good old fashioned envy like it's envy. it's uh, it's not even necessarily uh, envy of things it's more like hey, we're going on vacation. I'm like, well, I can't go on vacation. I have job. I have a job to do and all this kind of And it's kind of just an excuse for me to get angry. So envy is my go-to. That's that's the okay. one that's, um, it's it's not necessarily one where I'm like, oh, this is the, you know, it makes me do things. That it's, it's just kind of me, lets me sit there and stew as opposed to anything else. I'm going to go on a limb and say yours is wrath. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> Yeah, it's nice that we know each other enough. <laughs> yeah. No, like I mean, whenever we were kids, and yeah, I mean, even still now, it's like I I would fight at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Just and Ben was always very conciliatory yep, and diplomatic. Yes. And, yes. Yeah, and anytime there was any conflict with me, I'm. Well, it's fine. <laughs> it's time to go. Let's drop them and go. Like, yeah. Let's I'll, throw hands, bud. It's, it's always so funny that we we're raised in the same house because it's almost like same house, same parents. Your your idea was to fight. Mine is like, there's got to be a different way for this. Yeah. It's it, it's always been the case. It's That's strange. not a good idea. Yeah. 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 Well. Well, it's called being smarter. Than you. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Uh, whatever. All right. Well, Ben. Guess, guess, I guess, guess I'm free out of the hot box. Um, speaking of box, uh, Jake thought of a great game for us to play. Um, again, with a little bit of help from our wives. Um, inspired by the ending of this movie, uh, it is called What's in the Box. So much like our- What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Oh man, it's- and, my my favorite it, it's almost i've seen enough where it almost makes me laugh he's so desperate to ask and then he, what's in the box he goes what's in the fucking box like he's he gets really mad at one point like okay what's in the fucking box <laughs> yeah he's like stop stop and it's like actually tell me so um i had contacted jake's wife and jake had contacted my wife and they have put an item into a box and we now will try to identify based on this. So I have this little shoe box that I can slide over and I can feel over and uh, you have one as well. Uh, I know what is in your box and you know what is in mine, but we don't know what is in ours. Right. So uh, so this will be uh, stupid, but I mean, um, if you're listening to this podcast, I apologize. This is more of a visual medium, but we'll try our absolute best to uh, describe what is going on here. All right, so okay. for the sake of this, I will go first. 
uh, and then you can go uh, following me. So I have my box here. Um, I don't need to look into it, but it is slid open. So I'll be trying to feel it around, see what we got here. So there are parts to it. I'm pretty sure it is a Mr. Potato Head. I am correct. It is a Mr. Potato Head, and they lost yeah. an ear. Lost an ear, so uh, not bad. Not as terrifying as uh, not as terrifying as the head of Gwyneth Paltrow, but you know, you do what you can. I wanted to make sure you got a head in the box. <laughs> I got an actual head in the box. That's a good way to put it. Well, yeah. <laughs> speaking to your wife earlier, I was like, y'all have a sprinkler head you can put in there, a Some shower sort of head, head, a head of lettuce. I like it. We discussed the head of broccoli. I like it. You wanted to keep with the head theme. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't want to catch a murder case, so I didn't cut someone's head off. Actually, nobody's actual head you. is in there. Okay. That's good to know. Right. All right. Now, Jake, it is up to you to get put your hand in your box and decide what it is. Okay. Here we go. I, I, I don't think it's going to be dangerous. As, as you reach in. Figuring around. Okay. Is that an electric razor? That's exactly what it is. Very well done. Yes. Uh, I was. Uh, I was. I was trying to think either head like <coughs> what I wanted. I wanted to do a. Uh, uh, you're you're not much of a wine drinker, so I wanted a wine wine opener because it's just some weird. There's a bunch of weird angles to that, but um, I, I, uh, this. But uh, the electric razor. Um, I wanted to know just offhand, uh, they, they mentioned before they go take dough out at the end of the film, uh, they're shaving to put the microphones on their chest. Um, and they talk about, they make a joke about workman's comp claims. Um, did you ever have to make any workman's comp claims for injuries you sustained on the job? Uh, I don't think I ever had to make a, a comp claim. Um, but you were injured on occasion. Yeah, uh, broke my hand twice. Yeah, uh, hurt it another third time. Uh, had busted noses, busted lips, stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, it was it was pretty good for they give you time off, or time to take care of it, an alternate assignment mm -hmm. where you could be, you know, office work or whatever Makes while sense. you heal up or whatever. Okay. Okay. So I never was like out of work where I had to make a claim. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I. So you've yeah, never shaved up. Never up shaved up. Times. Never shaved up. Shaved off a nipple in the line of duty. No. No. <laughs> it's good to know. Um, all right, uh, Jake. Is there anything else you wanted to add about uh, about the film before we uh, we sign off here? Um, fun, uh, there's some fun little facts. Uh, uh, the. Do you, the uh, library night guard, George, played by an actor called Hawthorne James, uh, better known as the bus driver from Speed before, uh, before Sandra Bullock takes off, uh, takes over. Um, the greasy FBI man, played by Mark Boone Jr., uh, better known these days as being uh, a much different looking man. He is in Sons of Anarchy. He spent uh, eight seasons on Sons of Anarchy. Um, but... Uh, uh, and one other thing uh, I did want to note about the ending. So okay. the, uh, the writer, Andrew Kevin Walker, wrote the, wrote the movie the way it's constructed. 
and the studio didn't like it because they're like it's too much of a downer we want to change it we want we changed it to like a chase to save uh Gwyneth Paltrow at the end they accidentally sent the wrong draft to David Fincher who was like I want to make this movie I talked to Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman they're like we want to make this movie and the studio was like oh we want to change the ending and all three of them said you change the ending we quit all three of them were like this is the absolute ending we wanted. It's like Gwyneth's head doesn't get cut off. We're not doing it. So, so there is even a third alternative ending, where instead of Brad Pitt shooting him, Morgan Freeman shoots him. That's that not would a, be that, that's that would be interesting if he sacrificed himself for yes because he, on it, on his behalf. He's at the end his of his career. Gone. Yes, it's a really he's single, no kids. It's a really, really interesting idea. I love the ending. I don't want to change it. But if right. you're going to change it, that's the way you That would it. be it. That'd be it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, what is your film rating? Uh, or was there, oh, sorry, was there anything else uh, you, uh, you wanted to add to it? Uh, I would just say I think something uh, interesting is there's a scene where, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, Brad Pitt are sitting in a bar. Yes, great scene. And Morgan Freeman said, "You know, this isn't going to have a happy ending." Yeah, yeah. It kind of calls it away. That sums up the whole movie. Pretty much. I mean, they, it they, ain't going to have a happy ending. Exactly. It's like there's no there's no part of this where you're like, "Hey, I'm going to feel good about this." It's not necessarily a like it's it's a downer ending, kind of like we were talking about, like with the mist and. Um, or, or like even Brokeback Mountain, but Brokeback Mountain's more sad. This is going ah, like, that's, like this is that's um, and and okay. So in your professional opinion, um, what is the ending for Brad Pitt's character? What do you what do you think is the legal conclusion to uh, what happens? Because um, you know there's been a lot of circumstances right. where. Um, there's a, the famous one where the, the dad who, uh, his, his son was molested and they brought the guy in from the airport, shoots him in the airport, gets a 10 year sentence, but suspended. So I understand there would be a lot of sympathy on his side. Um, but what, what, what do you feel is the, what would have been the outcome if this was real? Well, his long first career is over. Obviously, obviously. Yes. Yeah. But I would say he'd either, um, I mean, get some type of uh, civil commitment to a mental health institution or be declared uh, insane, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, it would be declared a uh, crime of passion. Yeah, and and, and there's there's probably not going to be And so even if they convicted him, it would it's yeah. it's not like there's some district attorney just dying to nail him from this from all of this like it would be everybody kind of be like i get it but yeah and, and i mean what jury members are gonna be like yeah throw the book at him yeah exactly like, oh yeah. okay this guy yeah. sent his wife's head to him. yeah it's just like oh, and he killed, oh okay ooh, that, that sounds fair to me yeah yeah well yeah. <laughs> all right um my uh Jake, my film rating for this movie is five out of five. Um, it is, I feel, yep. uh, I think I have it ranked as my ninth favorite movie ever. Uh, really? But, but uh, I mean, it's, 
the best movie in 1995. It's Fincher's best movie. It's, I think it's Morgan Freeman's best performance. It's probably Brad Pitt's top three performances. I really like Moneyball, but him and Moneyball yeah. and this, a uh, couple other things. But uh, um, I mean, it's just uh, the perfect Kevin Spacey role, uh, especially with hindsight. Uh, you know, um, just everything about it. It's it's such a downer, but it just works for me in every way. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's great. I I love it. I mean, especially if you're a, a fan of you know crime films, yeah. uh, serial killers, thriller you know, noir, yeah, drama. yeah. yeah. It, um, it works. It's it's a good movie. It's extremely well acted, uh, well written. Yeah, it works. Just like you said, I mean, it just works. And it's nice to watch the movie be completely, totally dry, just knowing how miserable they all are wet. Like, just, just adding to the allure of just, like, constantly rainy, wet, and just the, the, the ickiness of it all. Um, yep. Yeah. It's, there's a lot to that. And, uh, um, one of my favorite yeah, it's movies. Very visceral. It's it's uh, uh, when I said it's one of my favorite movies. My wife goes, "Well, that sounds about right." Like, <laughs> <laughs> it would be something jacked up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that just about does it for this episode of the Film Critic in the Common Man. Thank you so very much for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at Neb has been on Leverbox at Neb eight ten on Instagram at Ben Miller Movies. Check out my website icecreamforfreaks.com. dot uh, com. I'm writing a series on the films of nineteen ninety two just went uh went through the uh went through malcolm x a couple other movies um coming up uh river runs through it which i had never seen before uh if you're a big fly fishing fan that's a good one uh early brad pitt very young uh raw brad pitt but uh all also you follow my other writing on the film experience and cinema scholars you can find me other pods as i am the david tusa podcasting jake where can the people find you uh i'm a yeah box <laughs> I like it. You have? Do you have a? Fine. Do you have a neon red cross over your uh, single, uh, single bed in your room filled with uh, junk? I mean, uh, of all the of all the little things in 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 John Doe's apartment, and I'm like, oh, what is that red cross? Why is it red? Like, can't it just be just a cross? Like, <laughs> it makes it that much creepier. Yeah. Uh, make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Critic Common Pod. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, I appreciate everybody viewing it and continuing to view it and listen to it. Uh, We will keep it going. Enjoy the show wherever you get your podcast. We will try to catch you next time. Thank you all very much for joining us.